Hey guys, thanks for tuning back into Truth Radio, a podcast station dedicated to bringing the body of Christ together through the Word of God, prayer, and testimony. On Truth Radio, we don't allow our past to define who we are, but we allow the Word of God to show us who we are in His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's begin. Hey guys, thanks for tuning back into Truth Radio. Today I have Pastor Brent and Corey Ferguson in the studio with me. Uh, This is kind of just a flying off the seat of our pants. Corey showed up for groups today at the Fortress, and I'm like, hey, you know what? We're going to do your testimony if you're cool with that. So um, at first, we're just going to have Corey pray us in and just inviting the Lord just to take over. So if you guys would, please join us. Dearly Father, we know now how powerful you are. Uh, we just want to come to you today and thank you for every blessing you've given us. I just want to thank you for the trials, um, the victories, the losses, the wins. Um, we just pray today that you would come in this room and give me the strength and the words to say, um, help me to adequately portray my testimony. Um, I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about you. So just uh, help me do that correctly, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. So a big part of what we do here, guys, at Truth Radio is it's about our testimonies. And there's a whole reason actually this podcast was even started. Um, In the book of Revelation, it says that they have defeated the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimonies that they were not even afraid unto death. So it's huge that we can come together when we when we find Christ to tell people our story because you don't know how much of your story is going to impact their life. Right. Maybe that's the hope that they're looking for that, that draws them in church. Mm-hmm. And what's cool about Truth Radio is a lot of our listeners aren't from this area. Right. And, and some of them don't even know who Christ is. But to hear like, wow, that, that man, that woman went through the same stuff I did and they found freedom at the cross. Mm-hmm. They found freedom in Christ. I mean, it, it, it kind of ushers in a chance for the Lord just to continue to woo them and bring them close into a relationship with Him. So with that being said, we're just going to kind of hand it over to you, Corey, All right. and just let it ride. All right, so my life starts January 19th, 1980. Um, biological mom had two, two daughters before me, first kid at 15, first, second kid at 16, third kid at 21. Um... So growing up, I always felt like a burden because that's what it felt like was the reason I got let go. So to be a child and think you're a burden, it puts a lot of shame on you. Um, and I didn't even know that as a kid. I didn't realize that's what I felt. You know, I was always worried that dad wasn't going to come back or mom was going to leave me somewhere. You know, if I got dropped off at a daycare or something like that, I freaked out. So I, I found out that uh, because of being adopted, because of being given up, that set me in a place, even though I grew up in a strong Christian home with strong Christian values and Christian parents yeah. who loved me, cared for me in these things, it set me behind. And I didn't even know it. Um, so... Six months old, I'm adopted, June 24th, 1980. Uh, Mom calls that my hallelujah day. Uh, it's a second Amen. birthday. Yeah. yeah, that's cool, the hallelujah day. Yeah. So I have six siblings. One is my mom's biological daughter, and then there's six adopted kids. 
Allie from South Korea, her adoption was finalized on my fifth birthday. So her hallelujah day is my birthday. Amen. Um, special girl, she's South Korean. She's great. She's a firecracker. Elizabeth from <laughs> Lima, Peru. She's 27. Then you have Jenny and Millie. Jenny's from Kunming, China. Millie's from Iquitos, Peru. They're all three the same age. So yeah. they were a handful, to say the least, growing up. Um, Daniel's from DeKalb County, Georgia. He was born addicted to crack. But he's the smartest kid I've ever met in my life. And he is the Praise most the gentle soul in the world. He's uh, he's actually in Cuba right now at uh, Gitmo. Mm. And he's an army guard. And he's just a fantastic human being. So, I mean, these this is how I grew up. I grew up in a special place, you yeah. know, with loving parents. I'm the only kid out of seven kids who's an addict. And so there's that inadequacy. Mm. You know, there's that I'm not good enough. Um, so I'll back up. When I was about seven, um, I had a guy who sexually molested me as a child. And I blocked it for a while. Again, inadequacy. Why is this happening to me? Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough, so I must be just bad. 14, Uncle Craig commits suicide. He was was important to me. He was my friend. You know, Dad worked a lot, so he kind of assumed some of those roles that Dad wasn't able to do at the time. It wasn't that he didn't want to. It wasn't that he didn't love me. He was starting a company, and he just couldn't. Yeah. And it hurt him because he told me it did. So fast forward, about 16. By this time, I'm smoking pot and I'm drinking. I'm barely going to school. Um, All to try and feel that inadequacy. And it did for a while, you know? Yeah. It gave me courage. Um, I was able to talk to girls, you know, I was goofy and funny, yeah. you know, still are. Still are. <laughs> I, I am now. I, I realize that that's my, that's my personality. Yeah. That's yeah. my character. You know, I'm a, I'm a cut up. I'm a goofball. I get it. I'm also serious. When you, you have know, to be. When up. I need to be yep. serious, I'm serious. Yeah, and, and what I found, so anyway, at, at 19, I joined the Marine Corps. All right. About a month before I left, this girl I was dating says, you can't go. I'm pregnant. Mm. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I'm buying you a ring. I didn't wind up giving it to her. Yeah. Uh, that's Nathan. He's 20, 6'8". That's my buddy, man. I, I miss him to death, but he's a kid. He's in college. So I'm in the Marine Corps, and I'm doing all right, but I'm still trying to feel that inadequacy. You know, I'm trying to fill it with accomplishments, with accolades, with rank. Um, you know, and I could spout off all this jargon to you about the Marine Corps, yeah. lowest rank inspector in the history of the Marine Corps. Whoa, really? Yeah, I did yeah. that. Well, no, I didn't. God did that for me. Amen. Yeah. He gave me the ability to do that. So 9-11 happens. I was in 2000, 2005. And these are all just parts of what's created circumstances I had to go through to become who I am now. So I do two tours in Iraq. On my second tour, I'm blown up twice. It gives me severe PTSD. 
I mean, I'm debilitated by it. Uh, I couldn't watch fireworks. Um, the sound would just scare me and send me into a panic. Mm. Um, it's not so bad anymore. It's still there. You know, I still cringe. Yeah. I don't want to freak out. But I know God's right here with me. So I get out of the Marine Corps April 10th, 2005. 13 days later, my dad dies. So in my life, I've had disappointment, inadequacy, loss of loved ones. And at that point, I gave up. I quit. I was done. I was done being a human being. I was done listening to God. And I missed out on a lot of things because of it. Um, so after dad, grandma dies, Aunt Ann dies, Uncle Jimmy dies, Uncle Sonny dies, Uncle John dies, four friends overdose. Fast forward, I have a kid with Valerie. Valerie, my angel. Man. <laughs> this girl has been through some stuff, and I'd, I'll let her tell her story. But through all the crap we've been through, that woman has been the one person who stood beside me. Other than her mother. Yeah. I love my mother-in-law. That woman is a God-sent angel, and I see why Val is the way she is. Um, Val gave me four kids, four beautiful kids. Michael, Zoe, Riley, and Lexi. Nine, six, four, and three. Yeah. And uh, I miss them because I blame God for every hard thing I had to go through. What I realize now is it was my fault for most of it. Yeah. You know, God didn't want me to have pain and agony and inadequacy in my life. He wanted me to have joy and love and, yeah. and prosperity. He does. But our choices create an atmosphere, a situation where things just don't work out that way because we're human. We want to do things our way. Mm. You know, the, the old saying, you know, when you hear God laugh, tell him your plan. That's right. right. Um, <laughs> True, though. My, mm-hmm. my plans never work. So me and Val, um, we used a lot of drugs to fill those inadequacies. I mean, I, it'd be easier for me to tell you what I didn't do than what I have done. Mm. And there ain't many. And for a minute, just like the pot and the alcohol, it worked. You know, I felt better. I thought I was really just numb. I didn't feel anything. Problem is when you don't feel anything, you don't feel anything. You don't feel pain, you can't feel joy. You don't feel joy, you can't feel peace. You just feel empty. And um, so we bounced around a lot with the kids. Um, Hey, Clark, can I just stop you just for a quick second? Just what, what you had said about just not feeling anything. Yeah. Did the did the numb feeling was that a better thing for you than feeling the pain or was that the deception that you thought it would be better but really not? It was the deception. It, there there was no good that came out of the emptiness. Okay. Emptiness is I I would compare my emptiness that I felt to hell. Um, my emptiness was disconnection. All I had was logic. I didn't have love. Oh yeah. You know, like I, I could, I could tell you what was, but not what is. 
You know, I, I knew how I was, but I didn't know who I was. You know, I didn't know who I am. So it's almost like you were past focused. You know, you said um, yeah. was, not is. Right. So it's like we kind of get to that point in our lives where it's like we, we can't even barely focus on what what's going on now or what could happen. Right. We're so focused on who we were mm-hmm. and how we used to react mm-hmm. and we get stuck in that mindset and we kind of get in the cycle of, well, yeah. that's, that's all I cycle. can be. That's all I can do. It's like being stuck in the mud and you're just spinning tires. Right. And you're freaking out because you're stuck in the mud. Making a rut. <laughs> when all you got to do is slow down, let some air out your tires, and ease on the gas. Yeah. And just ease on it, you know. But we, you know, I, I was, uh, when I was stuck in that rut that I just was talking about, you know, I was an IV drug user. I was, a, I was not a good person. I wasn't. I didn't care about anybody but myself. And I really didn't care about myself. I mean, how could I care about anybody when I'm pumping poison into my body? Hmm. And I've overdosed twice. The first time I did was the scariest thing I've ever been through in my life. Yeah. Because if Val wouldn't have worked on me, and Val saved my life that day, she worked on me for 45 minutes. I was gray. I was dead. Wow. I was not on this earth. Yeah. I was going to hell. It was dark. It was cold. It was empty. And that still wasn't enough. That was not enough to pull me out of my mess. It actually brought me further. I said, forget it. I'm gone. Mm. I'm done. This is it. This is my life. Well, God had other plans. So it took the kids having to go stay with their granddad. It took homelessness in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, which is the frozen tundra. It's two hours from Canada. <laughs> it's cold up there. Yeah. You know, to get me to realize that I'm not where I need to be. You know, and it, I woke up one morning and I left. And somehow from Fergus, I ended up here in Wilmer, Minnesota. Yeah. Somehow. Somehow, yeah. you know, Magical, I mean, man. yeah, imagine and, that. And, uh, you know, Val had been harping on me, not harping on me, that's the wrong word. She had been encouraging me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Smart man. Every, every yeah. married yeah. man's going, uh huh. <laughs> she had been encouraging me to, you know, give you guys a call. And I was really apprehensive about it because I'd been in environments similar to this, but not this. Right. You know, and uh, so people got to realize I'm living out of my car at this time and it's cold. It's January. Yep. It is not warm outside right now, you know, at that time. And so I come here and I have no expectation of anything. I'm thinking, man, I'm just going to turn away because that's how my life has worked. Yeah. What I realize is my life worked that way because I was in charge of my life. Hmm. You know, and when I took that step, I didn't even realize I was taking a step in faith. I just didn't think. I just did. Yeah. You know, it was like that little voice that we hear that we ignore all the time was like, dude, go. Every other time you ran, you ran away. Run too. Amen. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so I did. I was, I don't even know why. I do know why now. At the time, I just didn't. You know, and it, 
I finally get here and I'm on the phone with Joey. Yeah. And he's like, So when can you be here? I said, I said, well, I'm out front. I, said, I remember that I said, well, how long does it take to walk from the front steps to the front door? He's like, what are you talking about? I was like, well, it's a big brick building with a whole bunch of windows. It says fortress on the front. He's like, yeah. And I'm walking to the door. Yeah. And you're sitting in the front office behind the glass in the cage. In the cage. In the cage. <laughs> and you're on the phone. I'm like, you're Joey, right? And you're like, hold on. What? You, you were, had yeah. that confused look because... I'm not supposed to be here right now. Right. You know, you're yeah. thinking I'm in my video or I'm in Olivia or I'm somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm here. You're like, hey, man, hang up the phone. We go and talk to Cecil. And, you know, at that moment, y'all had nothing available. No. And rooms and, were spoken for. And, and it wasn't just that. Like, it's our, our policy to not right. really take people in off the street. And and what I love about this part of the story is this is where God is like, let me show off. Right. Because we're like getting your story and we're trying to get a feel for you. And like, you know, my, my first instinct is, okay, we got to get him in a treatment. Right. Because that's policy. Get right. Him in a treatment, make sure he wants this, you know. Right. And so me and Cecil kind of like have a look at mm-hmm. each other and the Lord's just like, Joey, he needs to be here. And I'm like, how do I tell Cecil that? And he looked at me <laughs> with the same look that I gave him. And, and we both just nodded our heads and we're just like, well, go, go get your stuff. You're home. Yep. And God is just, he was able to show off a little bit. And I love, I love stories like that where it's like, it's not me, it's not Cecil, it's not the fortress, it's right. not the program, it's God. Yep. And God alone. Right. Sorry. No, no that's exactly <laughs> that what I was so, even going to so say cool. about that whole situation was that, you know, at a moment in time when I needed someone to show me some kindness, you guys did that. Yeah. And I understand that that was God speaking through you. But like I just told Cecil myself just five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago, you had to be obedient. Amen. Yeah. You know, so there is some credit. Just it's minuscule because it's just Very. it's God working through you and it's you simply being obedient. Yeah. Um, simple's not always easy, as I say a lot. Um it's simple, but yeah. obedience is obedience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in that obedience, I got blessed because when you guys said you're home. I don't even think you realize what that word means to me or what mm-hmm. it meant to me. I had not had a home. And I cried like yeah. a baby. I cried. Yeah. And it felt so good to just let that out, mm-hmm. you know, because I hadn't had people in my life that genuinely cared about my welfare. The people in my life cared about what I could get for them and how much money I could spend. And what drugs I could buy them, or if I could give them a ride, you know, mm-hmm. that was my life. And I walked through the door and it wasn't easy. It's not supposed to be. See, we have this belief in Christian, in the Christian world that Christianity should be easy. <laughs> Good luck. You know what? Yeah, let me know when that happens. That right? is not what Jesus promised. He actually promised very much the opposite. You know, I mean, Jesus' life was not easy. And that's what we're supposed to be like. That's a, that's a, that's a big shoe to fill. Yeah. You know, and, and growing up, I knew that. So that's inadequacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what I learned getting here and what I've learned even previously is that grace is the one thing that I need in my life. Yeah. It it's wins the grace out of God. Every time. 
And that's what fills that void is God's grace and love. And so through all of my life, I've looked for something outside myself. When all I had to do was look inside and look at God. Yeah. And that inadequacy, even though it may be there, kind of, it goes away. Yeah. Because all my shortcomings are filled in by God's grace. And I go, I heard a guy at one treatment I've been to. He said, here's a, here's a graph of the week, Sunday through Saturday. And at the top of the graph is a hundred percent of acting like Jesus. He said, the likelihood that we're ever going to hit a hundred percent is zero to none. Hmm. He said, but even if you're at one percent, Jesus fills in that 99. And so through God's grace, we don't have to feel that inadequacy anymore. Through God's grace, I don't have to feel that shame anymore. Now, because of Jesus, I can move forward. You know, um, I told somebody, I said, if we focus on the pain of today, we'll never see the joy of tomorrow. Mm. And that's where I'm at. And um, it started here. And that's why I'm always trying to get back here. Yeah. You know, uh, somebody told me in recovery, if you want to stay in recovery and you want to keep staying sober, you go back to the place that gave you the most. You go there and you be annoying. You stay. You listen. <laughs> you do not give up. You know, you just like a bad virus that keeps coming back. Easy, easy. Jesus is bigger than that. <laughs> Amen. But um yeah, I mean that that's that's why so even here recently I had a job working at a place, I will not say their name. It was a chaotic environment and it was bringing up some old me. Mm. And uh dude, I miss this place. I did. You know, I miss coming here in the mornings and having group of the guys and hearing you guys feed into me, you know, the right thing. Yeah. So when I was there, man, I was really, I realized it was chaotic. It was completely worldly and I was getting sucked into it. Mm. And, uh, me and my wife had the first argument we've had in a year, like a real argument. Like I'm almost going to sleep on the couch kind of argument, oh, you yeah. know, or I might sleep in the car, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it wasn't cold then. So it would have been fine, but, uh, it would have sucked, but <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, my wife is gracious and forgiving, but I woke up one morning and I just realized it, it was me that got that. I didn't let God give me it. Mm. I took it. I took the job. I wasn't given, yeah. you know, so I put myself in a situation whereas in a year ago, I would have just stayed there and been angry. And then that anger would have turned into resentment. That resentment would have given me a reason to use and that use would have, would have caused a relapse. Yeah. And then, so fortunately, what I'm realizing now is that things of that situation, like situations like that need to be gone. You know, so if we find ourselves in that situation, mm-hmm. well, maybe you need to remove yourself from it. And this is something that we actually kind of touched on with our podcast, Pastor Brent, where 
a lot of times when we try to go ahead of God, we're seeking pleasure over provision. <laughs> right. And, you know, with, with the job, you know, the, the pleasure part of that is mm-hmm. the money. Yeah. And God's like, if you just hold on, I, I got something better for you. Mm. And so I'm going to have you go into what, 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 what is it that maybe God's got that's better for you? This kind of a new development over the last 48 hours. All right. So I quit this job and I'm, the money was, the extra money was great. Don't yeah. get me wrong. You know, who doesn't want an extra $1,200 a month? No one. Right. Everyone who <laughs> is normal, not, you know, a billionaire, will always take $1,200 extra a month. So I, I, I heard the voice, God told me just quit. I quit. The next thing I know, I drop a couple applications. Our general calls me back. And she's talking about assistant manager, key holder, you know, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Sounds appealing. That sounds great, yeah. right? I'm at the House of Hope in Olivia. My wife lived there for a while, so we're real, real close to the director, and uh, we love him there. Yeah. Well, a lady who works at the hospital, who's a God-fearing woman, goes, hey, um, you don't have any felonies, do you? I was like, no. She goes, we need a cook at the hospital. I was like, really? My wife's like, hey, he's got lots of experience and he's a great cook. Yeah. I was like, okay, thanks, babe. <laughs> you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> Rub the ego a little bit there. Right. Thank you, sweetheart. Good wives, dude. Yeah. Great <laughs> wife. Great wife. I don't want another one. She's plenty. But um, so she's like, look, put an application, write my name on there. I'll get, you know, no. you know, as a, as a, um, what is it? Reference. Reference. reference yeah. yeah. Write me down as a reference. Like, all right, cool. You know, gives me your number. I do it. And nothing happens. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. And then out of nowhere, 320 number called my phone. And I'm like, who is this? I almost didn't answer it. Yeah. Because I most times book collector. I know I owe you money. You don't have to call me every day. <laughs> You'll get it when I have it. Right. You know, please stop calling. <laughs> but I answered. You know, hello, said my name. And she says, hey, I'm from the Olivia Hospital, and I got your application for our cook position. Mm. I'd like for you to do a Zoom interview with me tomorrow, which is today at 2 p.m. Yeah. She says, the first one we've ever done, so, you know, be patient with me. I was like, ma'am, I'm Marine. I can be patient with you. She's like, great. (laughs) She's like, it is part-time. I hope that's okay. I said, ma'am, that's actually perfect. You know, because it is. Yeah. Whatever you need, obviously God put this in in my way. So what you need is obviously what God wants me to do. Mm. You know, like I just went and applied for those other two jobs. But God handed this to me. Boom. Mm. <laughs> See I what love I mean? when he does that. Mm-hmm. He handed it to me. Yeah. So yeah. how can I not put my hand out and be gracious and say thank you? Mm. Right. You know, that verse just comes to my mind when you say that, Corey, is, you know, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can even hope or imagine. Yep. You know, and when we just op- let God be God, yep. you know, because he can blow us away because our expectation is a four and he comes in with a 12. That's yep. right. And yeah. it's Every just time. crazy. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. I mean... So like me, even in life, my expectations for myself have always been real low, you know. So I've never thought I was really smart growing up. 
but God always shows up mm. and he's like, stop it. Yeah. You know, I, I went to college at Northern State University. I'm thinking, man, this is going to be terribly hard. I'm terrified. I took physics, got an A. I was like, Amen. whoa, hold on. I'm smart. <laughs> you know, right. Yeah. That's cool. When did this happen? You know? Amen. And God was like, it's always, it's always been there, son. Yeah. You've just not let yourself be. Mm. You know, you just got to get out of your own way. Yeah. And let me work through you, you know, and stop pushing it. Yeah. And that's hard, especially for someone like me. I, I'm, I want to go, go, go. I want to get this done. I want to do it. Or I just want to sit down. You know, there's no middle. It's either let's go or no, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. that's just, I don't have a middle. I don't have like a, I don't have a cruise. Mm. I have a full, you know, full throttle or sit down. Yeah. You know, and that's how my kids are. They are. Yeah. You know, they're a handful. Yeah. They're four handfuls. There's four of them. <laughs> you know, Nathan and Tommy, my, my 19 year old, uh, that's actually another hard situation. I have six kids, right? Four boys, two girls. My second oldest son, I've never met him. I didn't even know he existed until he was 12. Or no, he was 11 mm. in 2012. That kid is me. I had no physical hand in his upbringing. But oh my God, he's a brown me. He is. He's Mexican. He's half Mexican and whatever I am. I'm a a bundle of different cultures. You know, yeah. I got like 12 different cultures in me. And uh, that's why I hate the white box in a... that's not a race that's that's a color you know i'm a i'm a human being can we put child of god does that work right how about that um but he is man i mean he's he looks like me he acts like me he's got a heart like i do he cares and it's like man that's god there's nothing other than god who could say you had no physical hand in bringing this child up but he still has every characteristic, yeah. good and bad. So I know what he's. I know he's capable of. I know what he's capable of on both sides, good and bad. I know where he can go, you know. And so I mean, we have a we have a decent relationship now. He's he's my friend. Yeah. You know, I talk to him. You know, he's he's a good kid. So I mean, and that's even another inadequacy right there. But again, mm-hmm. if we just look at God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can show you that even though you may not be strong enough, he is. Yeah. And he's in the restoration business. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And that's there's, what there's uh, more coming, you know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. At the beginning of our podcast, I had asked you about some Bible verses that you know, you know, everybody kinda has that life verse. Um, but I just I, I feel like I that you're just supposed to read the Psalms ninety one one. Yeah. And we're gonna kinda wrap it up on that. Okay. And, and then I wanna be able to pray for you. If you are listening to this and you struggle with addiction or homelessness, as a veteran, first of all, thank you for your service. Our freedoms are owed to you, and and thank you, Corey. Um, But we're going to put in some links um, uh, to this podcast and on the website to where you can go and find help if you do need it. Um, If if you're in the Wilmer area and you do need help, come to the Fortress. I'll see what I can do to to get you plugged in with the right people um, that, that can help. Uh, so I'm just going to hand it over again to you just to kind of go over Psalms 91 before we pray you out. All right, Psalms 91. So for those who don't know what Psalms 91 is, it's uh, in the in the military. You know, like I was a Marine. 
this is what we consider the warrior psalm. Um, for any Christian service member, this is the one of our most important verses. Yeah. Because we are subjected to things that are hard, like war. And um, so I'm just going to get into it. Uh, Psalms 91, I'm reading from the ESV. Uh, it says, He who dwells in the, sea, in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Wow. Um, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in Him whom I trust. For He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. This here is my favorite part of this. A thousand may fall at your side, mm. and ten thousand at your right, but none will come to come but it will not come near to you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone you will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Mm. That is my entire life yeah. in a verse. Amen. Yeah. Amen. There are so many times in my life that I should have died. Some of my own fault, some not. Mm. I shouldn't have made it through Iraq. I shouldn't have made it through my teen years. I shouldn't have made it through my 20s, my 30s. I should not be 40 years old. I should be laying in a pine box six feet underground looking up in agony and pain but God but for but for the grace of God go by we're just gonna I'm gonna have pastor Brent kind of lay hands and uh, and kind of just just pray out and then <clears throat> I just I, I want to say this kind of reverently um, just kind of with with what we've been talking about today here Um and I don't, I don't normally say stuff like this, so I just <laughs> bear with me. But I, I truly feel like the Lord is telling me to tell you that you're coming into a season of preparation and provision. That you're gonna, you're, I mean, just to see where you've come from January first, twenty twenty, to now. Yeah. I mean, that's less than a year. Yeah. And so this accelerated growth, I think, is just gonna be um, become something that is a lifestyle for you. Right. And, and I'm excited. <sighs> I'm excited to see where God's going to take you even a year from now. So I just, I, I just want to pray that provision over you and just have, and, and Pastor Brent just finish mm -hmm. up. But Lord, I, I thank you for this man of God, this warrior of the kingdom.
Lord, I just thank you that you are Jehovah Jireh. You are his provider. God, I thank you for the identity that you have called him up in um, under the grace and the anointing of the Holy Spirit and your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that it is no longer about who he used to be, God, but how you see him now and how you see him in the future. I thank you, God, that we are present future beings and we are supernatural beings because of you. So, Lord, I pray that we begin to walk in that supernatural identity of a child of God. Yes, God. Lord, I also want to lift up Valerie, a worshiping warrior. I thank you for this couple, this union who is anointed under God to further your kingdom, Lord. Mm. I pray peace and blessing and, again, provision over their household. I pray, Lord, that this message reaches somebody's ears that will be affected by it. In Jesus' mighty name. And Father, I just want to want to just pray for Corey, Father, just for his willingness to open his life to us, to be able to show that there is hope for the hopeless, Father, and that you have proven to Corey that you are also a father to the fatherless, and that you will will call your sons and your daughters, and you will engraft them into your family. You will give them a purpose. You will give them an identity. I thank you, Father, that, that Corey is receiving that call, God, that you're going to be doing uh, work through him that right now we cannot even get our head wrapped around. Father, it would, it would be seemingly be impossible in our sight, but all things are possible through you. Mm-hmm. Father, I, I thank you, God, that Corey has not given up, that in all of the times where he could have just quit, just sat down and just given up. Father, you have given him strength to take just one more step. Just see it through one more day and one more day and one more hour. And Lord, you are going to produce a harvest in this man, that there are going to be souls who are going to be one because of his simple obedience to not give up. Father, I pray your blessing upon him. I pray blessing upon his, his, his marriage, on his on his children, and Father, that as people look at Corey, as they look at at his marriage with with Valerie, God, that they're going to just declare, wow, I want that. That is something Mm. that I want to have in my life. So Lord, we just thank you for doing the impossible, for taking somebody who, in in their own words, would 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 have said that I'm nothing. I I I have no worth. But Father, you saw the diamond that that was there, and you used the pressure and the circumstances of his life to produce the man that that we see today. So Father, we we thank you. Uh, we know that your call is going out throughout the whole world, looking for men and women who are going to respond to the invitation to step up and say, enough is enough, I need you. So, Lord, we, we just thank you for, uh, for this day and for what you are doing, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, that's kind of that's what this is all about. We are one body under one God. So, again, thank you for tuning in to Truth Radio. We'll talk to you next time.